Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. A very well-known scripture portion is what we see here. A man who was a beggar at some point of time, but God eventually turned him to be a worshiper of Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read from Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but, I, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, here we read an, an instant that took place as Peter and John walked into the temple of God. As they were walking into the temple of God, we see a man who was a born lame man who couldn't walk, who was sitting at the gate of the temple. And he was just sitting at the gate of the temple and Peter and John, they were walking into the temple of God. And this man probably was crying out for alms from all the people, those who are entering into the temple of God. And he saw Peter and John walking into the temple. He just probably, you know, asked him for something, asked them for something. And Peter looked at him and asked him to, you know, look at them. And he looked at them and he said, I don't have any money with me. I don't have any silver or gold with me. But all that I have is the name of Jesus. That's what I can give you. And he lifted him up saying that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the moment he got lifted up by Peter, and the scripture says he was just leaping and jumping and walking and praising God, and he entered into the temple of God. You know, as I was reading the scripture, I know, I, I know that you would have heard many sermons in the scripture portion. But this morning, this is my prayer that God may open our eyes to see what God Almighty is trying to accomplish through this scripture portion as we read from Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. You know, here we see the transforming power of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we see a man who was a bond beggar. Probably what I believe is every day morning someone is going to carry him. One or two or three or four people, they carry him and lay, they lay him down at the gate of the temple and they take him back at the end of the day. He was just not a, just a burden, but he himself was not keeping well because he could not do anything like other people do. 
You know, that for some reason prevented him to enter into the temple even. Word of God says he was just kept at the city gate. Sorry, the temple gate. He couldn't even go into the temple like other people used to go. He was just kept outside. He was physically crippled. That physical crippled nature, you know, even made his spiritual handicapped. You know, physically he was crippled. And spiritually also he was handicapped because he could never praise God. Have you come across such people in your life? You know, those who are going through terrible time in their lives. You know, some of us are nurses. Some of us are working with elder, elderly people. You know, they have been going through sickness all along in their lives. And they have come to a point in their life that they're because of their physical limitation, you know, they spiritually they are totally down. They don't want God. They don't want to serve God. They don't want to go to church. They don't want to read the word of God. They don't want to do anything with God because the physical crippleness, you know, get into their spiritual realm and they were, they are handicapped spiritually. Now what is needed here is a physical transformation as well as a spiritual transformation need to take place for this man to become a worshiper. You know, a beggar who was just begging at the gate. He has to become a worshiper, going into the temple, praising God and jumping and praising God. You know, it cannot just happen by natural means. First of all, nobody who is crippled can get up and walk by themselves. And secondly, even that happens, it is very difficult that they are drawn to Christ. But here we see a miracle that drew this beggar to Christ. I believe it is a spiritual as well as a physical transformation that is what is happening. You know, as we read this uh, scripture portion, we need to be careful to capture some of the facts. These are some of the facts that we see in the scripture portions that we read. This beggar was standing, or sorry, this beggar was found outside the church. Scripture is very clear. He was not into the temple, but he was sitting at the gate of the temple. Someone sitting at the gate of the church. They don't have the privilege of entering into the church, but all that they can do is they can come up to the gate and sit there and wait. And also I noticed that miracle was not really happening inside the church, but the miracle was happening just outside the church. The miracle was happening at the gate, not at the platform, not at the stage where the preachers are, where the priestess. But the miracle was just happening outside the temple. And if you notice the beggar, he never asked for healing. He never asked for healing. But he had a great expectation. He had some expectation, probably to get a big amount from Peter and John. Something. There was an expectation in his mind. Even though he was not expecting a physical healing, but there was an expectation in his mind. And for this miracle to take place, scripture is very clear. The beggar never had to believe in Lord Jesus Christ. The beggar never had to believe in Lord Jesus. That miracle just happened instantly. And the healing was very instant. If you go and tell the beggar, Come on, beggar. God is going to heal you today. And he will look at, and, uh, he will look at you and tell you, Come on, I've been sitting for how many years? 30 years, 35 years. Don't tell me that. And sometimes if you go and tell something to the beggar, he will just come, and, you know, come in argument with you. 
And say that, yo, I know, I've been here for a long time. I have seen many people going into the temple and coming out. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I know you are God for many years. Nothing. I have not received anything at all. But there is no time given for him to even think. There is no time given to him for even, you know, to debate or argue anything there. The healing was instant. Just instant healing. And the miracle drew this man into the temple of God. You know, these are a couple of facts that I'm able to observe from this scripture portion. Now we are just going to turn these facts into some of the truths that as we take this further. Number one, most of the time, people who are in need are outside the temple. Most of the time, people who are in great need are sitting somewhere outside the temple, not within the temple, not within the churches. People at times look at us with an expectation of getting something from us. They come in touch with us. They come and rub with us with a great expectation of getting something from us. But we seldom we pay attention to them. Most of the time we don't pay attention. Very rarely we stand there and listen to somebody but most of the time, we are so busy. And here we see Peter and John talking to this beggar. And they were saying, they were telling him, I do not have silver and gold. Most of the time, even we don't have silver and gold. But we talk about silver and gold too much. When we meet somebody, we talk about Silver and gold, they refer to the material things of this world. We talk about that. And miracles draw people to God. There is no doubt about it. When we see miracles, people are drawn to Christ. People are drawn to Christ. Let's take it further this morning. Number one, truth. The needy are sitting outside the temple outside the churches you know to, to just make this fact very clear i'll give some statistics this morning statistics says the hartford institute of religious research they have done a great research and they have come out with the statistics just listen to this it says less than 20 percentage of the americans are actually in the church more than 80 percentage of people are outside the church during the weekend on Sunday morning, because they found something else is more important, more fascinating than coming and sitting at the church. Less than 20% of the people are found inside the church. Statistics say more than 4,000 churches close their doors every year. More than 4,000 churches, it's much more than that, close the doors every year. Between 2010 and 2012, half of all churches in the United States did not add any new members. Between 2010 and 2012, 50% of the American churches did not add even a single member to them, to their church. Each year, nearly 3 million church members, they become religiously unaffiliated. Three million people every year become religiously unaffiliated means they withdraw their membership from the churches and they, more, they no more go to the churches. 
where are the people those who are living in need certainly they are not sitting inside the church but people who are having great need they are found only outside the church i want to think about the kind of people that we come across today in this world people who are having low esteem they don't have even respect for themselves they don't even care for themselves we see such people even dare to you know bring their life to an end in a tragic way in, at the cost of destruction of other people racism poverty you know sometimes we go through difficult moments because our boss is very mean at us in the workplace depression single parents anxiety unemployment you know so much is going on in this world people suffer through loneliness people suffer through medical conditions sicknesses alcoholism addictions abuse and so many things are happening where are those people sitting today they're all sitting outside the church this beggar who was carried by people he was sitting at the outside of the temple of god on that day the needy are most of the time found outside the church and this morning as a church we are reading through these passages and see what god performed through john and peter and john and peter suddenly they represent the church today you and me are the john and peter for this generation and god is expecting us to do something because majority of the people those who are in need are not here they are found outside the church number 2 people always expects something from our lives as we read in verse 3 and 4 who seeing peter and john about to go into the temple he looked at them he asked for alms he asked for alms so he gave them his attention they peter said look at me he gave his attention expecting to receive something from them that beggar was expecting to receive something from peter and john you know that is the truth today people outside those who are living outside they expect to receive something from you and me did you listen to this people always look at us because they have a great need in their lives you know today we say that church is the hope of this world church is the hope of this world when we say that church is the hope of this world when 80% of the people are sitting outside how can we say that church is the hope of this world and i doubt whether church is really the hope of this world we know as a believer that yes it is true on the day someone said the only reason the world is still intact the only reason america is found as a continent by itself is because someone miles away who can't even spell united states of america who can't even pronounce the term correctly someone sitting there on his knees or her knees and crying to the lord lord save america protect north america protect my land do not destroy the moment the church is taken out of this land the corruption is going to come over this land the moment church is withdrawn from this land we see things are going to multiply the disasters are going to multiply the wickedness is going to multiply the tragedies are going to multiply in this land that's the reason we say today church is the hope of this world not only that jesus spoke in matthew chapter 12 verse 21 
in his name, the nations will put their hope. It's a prophetical word that Isaiah spoke about Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is reiterating here. In his name, the nations will put their hope. You know, today countries, nations can try to walk away from God, but there are godly people sitting in each nation. You know, you can name all the 200 and odd nations in this world, but in every nation, by the grace of God, at least one individual is on the knees to save, to pray for, to saving that nation. That's the reason scripture says, in his name, the nations will put their hope. The nations will put their hope in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And today, God is looking at you and me and asking, are you really the hope of the world? When Peter and John walked into the temple of God, this beggar who was sitting there, he was just looking at them as if they are, he's about to receive something great. There is a great expectation. We see today in this world, upon church in matthew chapter 5 jesus also spoke he said in matthew chapter 5 verses 13 and 14 you are the salt of this earth you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden can you imagine jesus speaking these words and saying you are the salt of this earth you are the light of this world what does it mean today people who are living in darkness they are trying to find light in your life and you say that i go to church every week and people outside they are trying to find little light in your life the question is when people look at us expecting something from our lives are you available for them? You know, this morning I just want to ask this question very strongly. When people expect something from your life, whereas the word of God says that you are the light of this world, you are the salt of this world, do we pay attention to people when they turn to you? Verse 4 says, fixing his eyes on him. Peter stopped for a moment and he fixed his eyes upon this beggar who is sitting there along with John and scripture says he spoke to that beggar saying look at us look at us you know the question that I'm asking this morning is do we have time to pay attention to somebody normally we don't pay attention to others normally we don't pay attention at all including myself people will come they will try to share their burden with us. And our mind will be thinking something else. Are we paying attention to somebody who is coming to you and trying to share their burden? But I thank God for people, even here, they take time to listen to those individuals. You know, God expects us to pay attention to somebody who is trying to say something to us. You know, who wants to stand as they were entering into the temple of God, who wants to just stand and talk to, the, talk to this beggar on the way to the church? You, know, you are already late for the church because the worship has started. Now we need to somehow rush and come into the church. And in between, this beggar is sitting there and asking you, can you give me something? Who wants to stand and talk to this beggar? But Peter and John are willing to take time to talk to him. You know, he was asking something. But his need was much greater than what he was asking to Peter and John. People will come to you in your workplace. 
People will come to you in the shopping mall. People will come to you just smiling at you. Just to see whether they get a response from you or not. The moment you look at them and you smile, they get a response from you and they try to talk to you. They try to say something to you. The moment you pick up the conversation, when you ask them how things are, they say that everything is going good, but things are not really going good. And you ask them what is really bothering you. They may say something, but that's not the actual thing. This beggar was expecting to receive something from Peter and John, but that was not his problem. You know, that is so true. When you come to someone and talk to them, they are not going to share the problem with you just all of a sudden, immediately, the moment they came to you. They are going to talk about a little bit about the weather, a little bit about the, 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 the traffic condition, a little bit about uh, the, the, the climatic conditions, a little bit about the social issues that are happening today. And eventually, if you continue your conversation, they are going to tell what situation they are in and what is really bothering them. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, when you read the scripture, do we really skip the scripture, maybe thinking that, oh, this is for somebody else? Or really we think about, oh, this is a scripture, probably it's Jesus is speaking to you now through Paul. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. If John and Peter would have been, you know, they were willing to take care of their own interests, probably they would have just walked into the temple of God because already thousands have gone into the temple. But Peter and John, they took time. You know, today that is what the world is expecting from the church. I get phone calls here sometime saying that I am a just single mom. Do you have funds in your church? Can you just, you know, help us? Or do you have any place to accommodate us? You know, most of the time we say, sorry, we are just a small church and uh, we don't have those facilities with us. And they just send them away. But the real need may not be that. Real need may be something else. You know, this morning it is time that we need to think about when 80, more than 80% of the people who are in need are sitting outside, when we as a church, when we go and walk into this world, different parts of this world, when we come encounter with people, when we meet people, the question is, am I taking time? Am I paying attention to what they say? You know, it is a good habit to have a good receiving skills, listening skills, than talking skills. You know, that's the reason we say, most of the time, when you receive, when you listen to somebody, please keep your mouth shut. You know, have you come across people, you want to, you know, when, when, when you want to share something, they will not allow you to share something because they will talk, 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 talk. And this morning, it is good to have a ear to listen. Listen. Let others talk. Let us listen. When you take time to listen, we will know what is happening in their lives. You know, Jesus paid attention to individuals. He watched. And when he came, he just stopped there and he looked about, he saw Zacchaeus sitting there on the tree. Jesus pays attention to people. On the day, during the noon time, Jesus walked into Samaria and he was sitting there at the well just to talk to that woman, Samaritan woman. Jesus was sitting in the temple of God, observing that poor widow came forward with two mites in her hands. 
You know, Jesus always pays attention to you and me. Can you think about that? If Jesus would not have paid attention to your life, can you be here today? No. Just because Jesus was very particular to save you from that accident. Jesus was very particular to save you from that deadly situation that you are about to fall. Because he was paying attention. Some of us sitting here, some of the ministers of God, at times they paid attention to our lives. They prayed over our lives. That's the reason we are sitting here today. God expects us to pay attention to know what is happening in somebody's life. Verses 6 and 7. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. Peter had no silver and gold for sure. And do we have today? No. We don't have. Sandra says, no. No. I don't have silver and gold. So we don't have silver and gold. Right? But when we meet somebody, we talk about silver and gold. People are there, they just have a need, great need in their lives. They're not able to pay the tuition. They come to you. You talk to them saying that, have you seen that model, that new car model, 2017 model that is come, released in the market? We talk about silver and gold, which we don't have. We don't have, we, we don't have money to pay their tuition. But we talk. We talk. The poor individual who is standing in front of you, he doesn't have time to, to talk to you because he needs to find some money to pay the tuition. He has to find some money to pay the heat fee, heat, heat, heat payment. Because something is not well in his life. Peter and John, they were not willing to talk about gold and silver. Gold and silver not only represents the ornaments, but it also represents every luxury that we are longing today. The big bungalows, then what we need. The big luxurious car, then what we need. We need a car that runs on the road which has four wheels. We don't need anything more. When we think about those things, those are the things gold and silver refers. Peter said, I don't have gold and silver. Neither we. But most of the time we forget that we have Christ within us. We have Christ within us. If Peter would have forgotten for a moment that he has Christ within him, he would have just walked into the temple of God. Probably he would have just thrown a few pennies that he would have had with him and walked into the temple of God. You know, it is a lesson this morning. You and I need to know that we have Christ living within us. It is not just inside the church. It is outside the church. When you know that really that Christ is living with you, when you go and stand with somebody and talk to somebody, his eyes will tear automatically because you know Christ is living within you. When you know that fact, Christ is living within you, miracles will happen at that moment because you are acknowledging and honoring God at that moment, not talking about silver and gold. You know, most of the time we forget the fact that Christ is living within us. It is very important now to know at the cross we receive the forgiveness of sins. But at the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ, we enter into power. You know, today many churches are failing to realize this fact. 
at the cross, we receive the forgiveness of sins. You know, most of the churches, they stop there, right there. But at this resurrection, we enter into power. You know, if as a Christian, we don't recognize, we don't acknowledge the power in the Holy Spirit, we know only half of what Jesus has done. Jesus died at the cross that brought salvation to you and me. But he rose from the dead. That gives power to your life and my life. And that's the power of God that the world is willing, longing to see in our lives. Look at here. The power was Christ's power, the resurrection power. But the hand was Peter's hands. The hand was Peter's hands. Just an ordinary hand like you and me. I don't believe if somebody shows like this and power comes from there, I don't believe in that. It is the power of Christ. Maybe God may be using somebody as an instrument, as a tool. But it is the power of Christ. When we extend our ordinary hands to somebody to lift him up, then we see the power of Christ through our hands. Finally, verse 8. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping and praising God. What a joy it would have been in his life on that day. Years after years, since he was born from the womb of his mother, he was brought into the temple of God on the day at the, at the, at the ninth hour. That ninth hour means it's three o'clock in the evening. He was just sitting there at the evening hours. Peter and John came and Peter lifted him up with his hand. And now he rose and he went into the temple of God, leaping and jumping and praising God. You know, miracle changed this beggar to a worshiper. You know, today what is lacking in the churches is miracle of God. Miracles of God. When miracle has to happen in the church, we need to bring that people who are in need inside the church. We know the power of God. We know how to pray for our needs. We know how to lay hands on our children and pray for them. But there are more than 80% they are staying outside without knowing this. When we bring them and put them here in this church, miracles will happen. And these miracles will change their lives to worshiping God. This morning we are talking about the miracle working power of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are three levels to know the miracles of Lord Jesus Christ. The number one is hearing the power of God. Now we hear the power of God. As Peter and John went into the temple, we see it was Peter's hands, but then we see the power of God happening. We heard about some of the testimonies that, has, that, that we listen from online or you know, through other media. God healed somebody. God, you know, met that financial need miraculously. God escaped, helped them to escape from the danger accident in a miraculous way. Hearing the miracles. Number two, experiencing the miracles. That same miracle I want to experience in my life. You know, it all happens upon what kind of desire we have. Are we satisfied by listening to those miracles and giving thanks to God and just walk away? Or you want to go into the second step of asking God, Lord, I want to experience those miracles in my life. Experiencing the miracles. Number three, performing those miracles. 
You know, I believe God expects the church not to stay in number one and always praise God for what God is doing. I don't believe that God expects us to, you know, stay in number two, experiencing the miracles for ourselves. I believe God has called you and me to go out and perform miracles. Not many people believe this. Miracles don't happen because we don't believe. Miracles won't happen because we don't have faith for miracle. We strongly believe that miracles are the time of Jesus or the time of apostles. No, if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, the miracles are so happening today. It all depends on whether the need for a miracle and somebody who is performing the miracle. And I believe God is asking the church to perform the miracle. That's what Jesus said. You go out and you be with my witnesses. And in my name you will cast out demons. You will lay hands on the sick and sick will recover. And you will speak in new tongues. Even if you take the serpent it will not bite you. Even if you drink poisons you will not get hurt. It is all for those who believe. It is all for the churches. Just want to read a couple of scriptures and before we close. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20. Word of God is very clear here. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. First Corinthians verse, chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. But in power, what does it mean? It doesn't matter how much you preach. It doesn't matter how much time you take, you know, to eloquently put the, bring the word of God and present it to the people. It is not enough because word of God is very clear. Kingdom of God is not just in words. It is in the power of God. First Corinthians chapter 2 verses 4 and, four, four and 5. First Corinthians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. Listen to these scriptures. And my speech... And my preaching, Paul is writing, listen to this. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. He's saying, my preaching is not with convincing, impacting, authoritative words based on human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, God expects us not to just base, keep our faith based on the wisdom alone. It is very good to have wisdom, you know, knowing all the things of God. But let's not base our faith on the wisdom. Here scripture very clearly says that you need to have your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What does it mean? It means when you expect a supernatural miracle, not try to understand the miracle with your wisdom. When you expect a supernatural thing to happen in your life or through your life to someone else, do not just try to understand by the supernatural wisdom. The moment you try to understand by the natural wisdom, by your flesh, by your knowledge, by medical science or various other things that we have today, God cannot perform miracles. Because he says, word or words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God. God expects us. To move into the realm, spiritual realm, where we see the power of God. That's what is expected today from people outside. Finally, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Just beautiful scriptures. 2 Timothy 
Let's read this and we close. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but deny its power. And from such people, turn away. Having a form of godliness, but deny its power. God doesn't want us to deny the power of God. As I said, how true it is that Jesus died at the cross. It is same as the death of Jesus Christ. It is same as that, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is. Jesus rose from the dead. That's the power of God. And you know, scripture is very clear. In the last days, do not put a form of godliness. Means I go to church. I worship the Lord. I do everything. I give offerings. We just come to church. Form of godliness. But we tend to deny its power. We tend to deny its power. The world is looking for power. The world is looking for miracles. When miracles happen, people are drawn to Christ. Here this man, when miracle took place in his life, he was not hesitating to run into the temple of God. You know, that's what this generation has to see. It is good to adopt various methods of bringing them into the church, inviting them into the church. Then what do we do after inviting them into the church? If you sing songs, if you preach, that may not be enough. They are just going to go as they, the same way they came in. They need to see the power of God. But only power of God can transform their lives physically as well as spiritually. And I believe this morning, that's what God expects from me and you. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.